a little lag on the video, but got it in. Everybody's sorry we're a little late. To just making sure we got on live before I started talking here. Welcome to River City Media and our continued coverage of high school football in our tri-state area. Very, very lucky to have this young man tonight. He's somebody that I've had three different guests tell me this. I need to interview this young man. I'm so excited to have him tonight. And uh, let's just go ahead and bring him in. From Hickson High School, 24 running back, Coco Kendricks. Welcome aboard, Coco. What's up, guys? Hey, Coco. Uh, we've been talking so much. I told everybody. We've talked so much on tech, setting this interview up, that uh, you probably wouldn't know my voice when I actually talk to you. And, uh, it, 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 it takes so much. We could almost be best friends. It, it, hey, we are best friends. When, yes, you, when you're in college playing tailback, I may need I may need that sideline pass. You never know. But, All right, man, I got you. Coco, we'll get into your colleges of choices and then and, and some options about playing at the next level. But let's go ahead and talk about how we got here. You're a senior heading into your last year at Hickson High School. Where did you start your football career, and how did you end up at Hickson High School? Uh, so, I mean – Let's say I really started at a young, very young age, really. I think I started around, like, eight years old. I was living in, like, South Pittsburgh at the time, so that's where I was playing. But, you know, I was moving back and forth between South mm-hmm. Pitt and Chattanooga. And, um, yeah, it was really a challenge. But, you know, I started going to Hicks in middle school, and that's where it went from there. You know, I knew a few players already from the high school team. They took me in. But, yeah, it was, from there, it was, like, easy you know it was easy getting used to it where did you play middle school at was that at hickson or was that in south pittsburgh the crazy thing is it was at hickson but i only played one year of middle school football so one year of middle school football so you really started late in this journey so what was it like your eighth grade year you started yeah were you immediately a tailback or did you try other positions first that's the first thing I did. That was that was always the position I like to play. Yeah. All right, Coco. With um, eighth grade, you started late. Do you feel like that benefited you maybe in a way that you had some fresh legs when you were going into high school? I know some kids that's played six, seven years by the time they hit the ninth grade. Uh, I mean, I played literally, but like mm-hmm. from – I think it was a jump to middle school. It wasn't really okay. anything difficult. Well, it wasn't anything difficult, though. It was like, it took some getting used to playing, like, actual organized football. But, yeah. Hey, the best football at, at eight, you know, eight years old, nine year old, ten year olds, probably with your cousins in a backyard somewhere. So, yeah. Um, so, tell me about what you like um, as far as a runner. Do you like getting lined up away from the quarterback, getting a little distance to be able to look at the hole? Uh, what What do you consider your, your I guess, um, oper- operation when you're sitting back there at the tailback position? When I'm sitting back there, it's really, I don't really think about it anything before the play. I just, like, when the ball gets in my hands, I know I got to do something there. What? It literally just comes to me, like the holes, all that. That's memorized, but it's really like 
in-game thing. Like, you got to be able to react, like, real quick. You know, Coco, I'm a 300-something pound guy. When I was in high school, I was a 280-pound guy. Uh, a guy like you talk about reacting quick. I ain't never reacted quick one time. So, But I do wonder, watching so much football over the years, when I see a, a remarkable athlete like you, and, and I was able to get a hold of a little film, um, in, in the open field, are, is that just natural? Or are you thinking ahead, hey, I need to spin here, or I need to give a fake leg here? Because to me, it looks like you just run so natural. So, I mean, when it gets to, like, coming about two or three yards in between another player, if I feel like I need to make a move, then that'll be, like, the quick thought. Like, I'm not just thinking about it from the jump when I get out open field. Like, when I'm in open field, I'm just hoping I can run without being touched. But if it if it happens to be a player right there, you know, got to make a miss. Got to do whatever you got to do to get into the end zone. So, um, when you're at the line of scrimmage, and you had a very good offensive line last year, and this year a lot of it's back with you. Um, when you see – when you're in that tailback position and you're six, seven yards from line of scrimmage, do you see that hole develop and you go, oh, it's there? And in your head you're like, it's there. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. So, like, let's say my soft freshman and sophomore year, like, things like that I wasn't really thinking about. I was just – excited to have the ball in my hands so it's like i just get the bare minimum but like when you, when i now when i see it i see like if i see the hole open up earlier then i can make some more happen other than like just the bare minimum have you ever run up an offensive lineman's back because he didn't get out of the way yet uh, yeah i pushed a couple of my linemen <laughs> out the way before but you know i gotta love them boys yeah you do but sometimes they don't get out of the way and you got to go and, uh, yeah, we actually talk mid-play when things like that happen. It's funny. Can't really explain it. Uh, Coco, when you get out of the huddle, and, and, and I know this is some questions you probably never dreamed I would ask, but I'm so um, intrigued by running backs. You're in the huddle. They call 31, whatever your numerology is at Hickson. And you're getting into your position. Do you ever, do you ever just think balls coming to me? Uh, is there a different way that you you mentally prepare that few seconds, or what do you think about after you know the play's called to you and you're going to be getting the handoff? When I know, when I know I'm getting the ball, what's going through my head is like touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. That's what I want to do. But like other than that, when I get out the huddle, it's a deep breath before the play. Yeah, so on the snap, that's when I let it go and just just play. Try to play like there's nobody else on the field. Oh wow! So you're 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 getting that breath and then kind of holding it to the snap. I never thought of that. Um, yeah, got to get a, a big one, a good one. Like just to, when you release, you feel free. Like you know what I'm saying? Um, how about how about when you're in? Are are how involved are you in the passing game at Hickson? Last year wasn't much, but I think this year I've been, like, very involved in it. Like, I actually go into the slot a lot now. Like, it's 50-50. Now I can say, like, it's not one that I do more than the other. Interesting. Do you like moving out to the slot? I love being in the slot. I love running routes. I love catching the ball. Wow. Uh, Is it – 
to me, playing wide receiver, being in the slot or being in the, in the pattern, uh, it's really a man-on-man challenge. Even when they're in zone, there's usually one person head up on you. And, and it's almost like playing basketball in a way. I guess you feel like, hey, I, I need to beat this guy, especially a man. Yeah, I go into that. Like, I, I'm kind of like, I wouldn't say cocky, but I'm real, like, confident in myself. So I feel like anybody who lines up in front of me is going to have a hard time regardless. So I just, I usually take advantage of that. Because most of the time, the player in front of you isn't really, like, sure what you're capable of. And you don't know what they're capable of. So you just got to gotta take it from there and do what you got to do. Just be better. So compete. Go ahead. Just compete. That's what I was about to say. Compete. Um Tell me about your staff a little bit, and then we're going to go back to 22. Coach O was there in 22. Uh, Coach Rivers is there. Uh, You've had a change in staff, but before we go there, what was 22 like for the football team? I know people don't understand that maybe you're listening out of state. Five wins for Hickson was really turning a corner. Yeah. Um, 22 – 22, I think that was – it was a good year, but I think, like, it was a good year for the team. But, like, record-wise, it's like we couldn't really put it together, like, on the field. It was like some people weren't on key, basically. Yeah. Like, you got some people wanting to do their own thing and others wanting to, like, play as a team, which is the right way to go. And so, like, it's kind of hard trying to focus, like – not even focus on one person, but trying to get one person to be with the team and and then keep the team together. It's kind of hard to do that. So that's what we went through last year, and it was a lot of selfishness. But I say it was it was a family thing. You know, you got to treat that like family things. So you don't know what everyone's going through. Right. So you just got to keep being there for them. And that's kind of how last year was. But, like, I feel like from last year and this year, we're more involved as a team, basically. We're more involved. Coaches are more involved. It's a good thing. Let's talk about your coaches a little bit. Coach Rivers gets the job at end of 22, and I have heard so many stories from you guys in the junior class going to the administration and and really wanting to bring Coach Rivers over as your head coach. Um, what did what did you feel strongly about Coach Rivers moving up to the head job, Coco? Um. Coach Rivers, he's been there since since I came in, and I feel like Coach Rivers is someone that's gonna like. Coach Rivers is never gonna like sugarcoat anything. He's gonna be straightforward with us, and I feel like that's what we need. Because last year, it was there, but at the same time, it's like it's like we were told what we wanted to hear and not what we needed to hear. That's why I feel like we were like not there as a team all the way because we were just listening to what sounded good and not what we actually needed. But Coach Rivers, he's like, he's on that, like, that's his that's his main goal. Like, he doesn't just want to make us a good team. He wants the whole team to be, like, young men, like, good young men. Yes, he does. And, and in an interview in him, Coco, he, he held himself as ca- ca- accountable as he does players. Uh, the, the message I get from Coach Rivers is – he loves his players, but he holds you each individually uh, accountable as a person and also as a team. And that's that's a lot of respect from a coach to a, 
a team and, and to you individually. Do you um do you think Coach Rivers uh, playing at that level you hope to get to next year, uh, being able to play college football, is something that inspires players to like, hey, Coach did it, I, I'm going to do it. I mean, I, I definitely think it's a stepping stone for us because, I mean, not a lot of, like, when you think about Hickson, you think of it as like a losing program. But it's like we have those faces, we have faces that like went places over. Mm. Like that's Coach Rivers going to play football at the college level. It's it is an inspiration, and it is something that we could look forward to. And I think our young guys, uh, I think they really like enjoyed that the fact that they had a coach that played college football because they have they have more time with him left than I do. Yes. So yeah, I feel like that's a that's a good thing that Coach Rivers. And you get a new offensive coordinator this year, too, and Coach Cooley. How has that been adjusting to Coach Cooley, who I've known since he was a player, uh, which is kind of strange now for me. Coco is now talking to him and calling him Coach Cooley, and I remember Co- I remember Sean Cooley, the football player. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The, like, before we started doing anything, I was like, I didn't know how it was going to be, like, I took, like, Coach O'Leary, I took it real hard. Like, mm-hmm. Coach O was, like, my guy. And so, Good last coach. Year, we really didn't have an offensive coordinator. It was, it was Coach O doing it. And, you know, that wasn't that wasn't the best thing just because it's not like like a head coach being an offensive coordinator is, like, that's a lot to handle. But Coach Cooley came in. It's, it's been real smooth. And he's he came in. It's autom- it automatically felt like family, really. And... I'm liking what he's doing with our offense, getting everybody like the right in the right positions, getting everybody the reps that need, things like that. He brought that in, and I already knew from like the first day of spring it was gonna be it was gonna be good. Hey, I will tell you this much, Coco, and not giving away anybody's playbook, but Coach Cooley will get you some holes to run in, and and he does believe in that power running game. That's got to make you feel good for 23, knowing that you're going to be spread out a little bit. But the power running game featuring you is going to be a huge part of the offense. For sure, for sure. It definitely is. All right, Coco, let's jump over. Do you play any other sports, or is it just football for you? Um, last year, I did, did – uh, well, this year I didn't do it, but last year I did track basketball and football wow but, yeah i just didn't do track this year what position do you play in basketball i played i played the guards you know unless we were running a small like a small team on court i'd probably play a big just because i can jump uh-huh. but that was yeah i really played guard most of the time so does uh, in the fall do you go straight from football to basketball? No, no, really break in there. Uh, yeah, it kind of is like that because we tend, we had the tryouts like during spring practice. So after after football season, yeah, it was okay. Basketball. All right, and and uh, just to jump on, who's your coach in basketball? I don't know a lot about that. Hickson uh, basketball. Coach McNair, Steve McNair, his first year. Okay. It wasn't really the year, like, a first year you would want to have, but, like, 
he's going to try to do what he can do with the team and make them better. Do you take part of basketball uh, as far as the individual competition and take it to the football field? Or do you take something from the football field and try to apply it to your basketball play? Uh, I bring football to basketball for sure. That, I think bringing the trash talk from football to basketball is a good thing. Yeah. I think they need it. Uh, do you, are you planning on doing that again this fall? I hope so. Hopefully, depends on how everything goes, how the recruiting process for football goes, to be honest. Well, let's jump over there and talk about that. Uh, you Last year, you had uh, right at 1,200 yards, I believe. Uh, maybe yeah. a hair over it. You sent me the stats. Anybody looking for his stats, it's attached to the podcast. Um, how is that going, and what's that process been like for you so far? Um, I've been – I mean – I really got introduced to it early. I started talking to uh, colleges, like, after the season of my freshman year. But, like, you know, I was just in there just to be in there with the older guys to see what, to see what it was like for them. And my sophomore year, it was it was a little heavier. But this year, for sure, I've talked to way more. And it's like, it's, it's not something I was used to at first. But now I feel like, when they come, that's that's just more opportunity. That's more opportunity for me, you know. When um when a coach comes and visits, uh, are are they just getting to know you, or, or are they talking about your game in particular? Most of the time, they'll come in, they'll, they'll introduce themselves, and then they'll tell you like they like what they saw from you, whatever, and then they talk about their program, and they want they they start introducing like their camps and stuff, they want you, They want to get you up there as quick as possible. You know, they want you up there so you can be a familiar face. Uh, I, I know you've received uh, an offer. We won't talk about it in particular because I don't want to get into your personal, but how was it to receive that first offer and say, hey, will you come play college football for us at this school? It was a blessing. I'm not going to lie. It felt, it felt real, like, it felt good, actually. Like I was just, I was riding, I was riding the bike with my little brother outside, and I got the call. I was, I was kind of confused. I thought it was like a spam call, but he called and he was like, "Oh, like how are you, how are you doing?" I was like, "I'm doing good." He's like, "This is Coach uh, Mike Compton from up there," and he was like, "We want to offer you a scholarship to play college football," and I was like, I was surprised because for some point in time, I was kind of like. I was my mindset was like just play and whatever comes comes like and then once I got that it like it made me have more of a reason to like do better at what I do. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, of course, this year is going to affect your recruiting. If you put up a huge year, more offers comes, more uh, attention comes. Even doing this podcast, you know, being here right now being out in the public eye, is that something um, for your recruiting process? Is You kind of got to put yourself out there and be open to it, correct? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, most of the time, the coaches have already talked to your coaches, basically. But at the same time, I feel like if you want more, you have to you have to step in yourself and, like, put yourself out there, like, as you said, and, like, start to actually – 
and get to know the coaches, not just like send them your film and that be it, but you actually want to get to know the coaches you talk to. So it'll be a relationship there. Yeah. And give you a better chance for sure. And um, there's a limit, but you know, the question I've always had for recruits and, and I've talked to several, uh, do you get a lot of texts from coaches like just checking in with you and just trying to maintain contact through text message? Can you repeat that? Do you get a lot of text messages from coaches and um, programs trying to maintain contact with you through text and just talk and get to know you a yeah, little bit? Yeah, I actually do get a lot of text messages and graphics and stuff like that. It's it's, it's part of the it's part of the the process, you know, and it's like something I get used to, things that motivate me really. But the most of the time when I do talk to a coach, they they talk to me as if like I'm a friend, and I feel like that's a good thing instead of like trying to pressure a player into like feeling like they have to want to go to your school or right. things like that. But I, like. Yeah, I get a lot of text messages. And, and right now your recruitment is wide open. You're still listening to offers. Probably still getting first contacts with some coaches, but um, are you going to wait till your season's over and evaluate it then, or is this something you could see yourself committing during your year? I'm definitely – I feel like I'm going to wait until the year is over. You okay. Because it gives me more – it gives me and my family more time. Because that's not, I mean, it's a decision I made by myself to where I want to go. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's still a family matter that you have, that you have to talk about with your family and your peoples. Yes, and absolutely. And you have some offers and some interest from out-of-state schools. And, and definitely that, that affects, you know, the family. Do you want to you go out-of-state? Do you want to stay in-state? There's a lot of different factors. Have you made up your mind what you'd like to major in in college? Uh, yeah, I actually, when I go to college, I want to major in, like, kinesiology and, like, not even just that. It's really, like, sports management, things like that. Sports medicine is what I meant to say, not management. Yeah. Things like that. Hey, that, <laughs> that's that's Because, that's, like, most of my high school year, I've, like, not even just this year, but, like, since my freshman year, I've been in healthcare classes. So, like, that's kind of a big factor in what made me want to major in those, that area. Plus, your your body is, uh, it's it's part of what you use in football, and having that medical uh, background, it helps you take care of yourself. Correct. Yeah. Do you all right? Do you have on game day? Do you have a certain tradition that you go through? Like I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna drink a half a gallon of water. I want to eat at this time. What's your game day like from a a meal prep and a preparing? Uh, and, and I know Hickson lays out some meals for the players and stuff, so that's an advantage too. But what what do you do, Coco, to prepare yourself? I'm going to start from the night before, actually. I'm going to start from there. So on that that night, after we get done with our walkthroughs for that, and I'll go home and I'll just like, I'll lay in bed, stare at the ceiling, just thinking about the, the team we play tomorrow. Sometimes I'll, most of the time I watch film. But then when I go to sleep, I wake up, you know, throw my jersey on because, you know, I got to rock that for yeah. game day. And then, you know, it's it's about you got to do school first. But at the same time, when you when you in those classes, they feel 
like the first few feel kind of long and then once it gets closer to the end of the day it's like you you like snapping back into reality like it's almost game time so after that you know we go in the locker room we definitely play lots of music we play we definitely play lots of music because we have a big speaker in there and you know we go to we go eat once we eat that's where we like can't have our phones or airbus or anything like that so that's when we like bonding with each other before the games because i mean if you bond with your team before a game the the bonding on the field is going to be the same way so it's like you always got each other back on the field make sure you're on point then then like right before when we get our stuff on i feel like that's the most intense part because like you put your stuff on and then it's getting closer to time so it's like you're not the only team getting your stuff on you got to think about that so like when you get on the field you get on the field that's the warm-ups you see the other team, like, oh, yeah, this is what we playing. This is what we got to do tonight. And at some point, I think everybody gets butterflies in their stomach before they play. So right there, that's when you got to, like, got to block everything out and get ready. That's that's really all I can say. It's not really a specific tradition. It's just, it's just how, you, how it is. Uh, is there anything that, tr- that you do superstition-wise? Do you – get taped up in a certain way or you want to put your uniform on in a certain way. Is there anything you do that's just, it is who you are and you do it every game? Yeah, I'm going to, it's one thing that the referees hate. I make it to where my knee pads do not cover my knees. <laughs> I can you see know, this. All, like every point in the game about that. And like, I'll, once they say something, I'll pull it down. But when they're not looking, it's coming back up. That's that's just, it's just I can't run like that. It's not comfortable. Yeah, uh, I can see in this picture everybody looking at Coco's in the open field there, and he uh he's got the knee pads kind of helping that picture. All right, Coco, we're going to get is on that same plate in that picture. I actually caught a cramp in both of my legs. Oh wow! Yeah, that was. I've I've had that plenty of times, and you wouldn't want it. I promise. Wow, that that sounds painful. All right, Coco, we're going to get into some stuff about you outside of football, but I want to ask you one more question. Uh, And it's kind of – we already talked about it a little bit. I hear that you're a pretty good recruiter yourself, and you might have helped recruit a kicker to your football team last year. Any truth to that rumor that you were kind of working on a certain kicker to get him to play football? Yeah, I definitely. My boy Isaac Smith, man, I definitely had to, you know, talk some sense into him because what else would he have been doing if he wasn't in football? He would have been bored at the house, you know. Yeah. And uh, but that's my. Uh, I play. I played middle school with Isaac. My eighth grade year, I played with Isaac, and I don't know what made him stop playing after that. But after like after the sophomore season, after my sophomore season, I know our kicking. Like, our kicking situation was horrible. And, like, if we didn't get a kicker, make sure we would have been out of luck. We would have been going for two every time. But I'm glad Isaac came to his senses. Yeah. yeah, And, 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 you know, Isaac, just a good athlete, plays soccer, just a good athlete. And I think this year he might get on the field a little bit on offense. I know he wants to. Yeah, I know he wants to now, whether – his soccer coach wants him to or not. That's a different story. All right. Man, my advice for 
any coach that has a athlete that plays a different sports outside of the one that you coach, I mean, you just gotta let them explore. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's what that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, that's good like, advice. A lot of people want to play multiple sports, so like if you if they good at the sport you coach, just let them try to be great at something else too. That's that's just. So that's my opinion. Well, you look around the NFL and the NBA, and you never see people that stuck with one sport. Now, when they got to college, of course, they specialized. But even yeah, like, even right now, I, the Amari uh, Jefferson of over at Baylor committed to Tennessee's baseball team, but he's also being recruited as a wide receiver. Um, you see more and more in that. Of uh, if you're an athlete, you're usually an athlete in multiple sports. Yeah. All right, Coco, we want to get to know you a little bit off the field. Just just, just relax, and, and you and I are going to talk about the next 10 minutes, and uh, I'll get you out of here. But I want to know a little bit about you. If it's uh, you're at home, ain't nobody around, uh, nobody playing no music, what are you going to put on to listen to? What's your favorite jam? I'm definitely gonna have to go with rap music. I'm most of I ain't gonna lie, the song that'll start off my day, I'm gonna have to say it's a, it's a song called Like Madden. It's by NBA Youngboy. I think it's a real good song. I, I can turn up to that song at any point in the day. That's a good song. I do know that song. I'm not even a huge rap fan, but I know that song just because I'm such a Madden guy. Um, yeah. It is rap your favorite kind of music or do you listen to something else too or is it I just listen, i listen to i listen to r&b rap i don't i don't really listen get into the like older stuff and like country i don't really listen to country unless it's like unless i'm just being funny or, which i do a lot like i i play some country if it's just to like get the vibe going you know but i don't really i don't have i don't feel any way towards any type of music i just like rap more is there one song that you want on in your earbuds as you're getting ready in that locker room? Uh, or is it like Madden still? See, like Madden didn't really come out till like this year. So I'm going to say last year uh -huh. before every game, I had to play freestyle by little baby. All right. Yeah, that that got everybody turned. But when it's just in my ears, I know I'm I'm locked in for sure. All right, that, that covers music. Let's talk a little bit. What do you? What's your hobbies other than football? Is there something you or sports? Is there something like to do? Do you like movies, TV, or old cars or something? Is there something that just really like you enjoy being around and doing? Uh, I mean, I have a dog. Oh yeah, I kind of, I kind of like do a lot with her, but outside of that, I kind of just, I like watching TV. Uh, I like, I got, still, I like watching Power. You know what Power is? Yeah, it's a good show. I watch that a lot outside of football. All right, uh, now, now I know, and and ever seventeen, eighteen year old loves, uh, of course, girls and food. So let's talk about your favorite food. What if you could have anything in the world right now? And somebody says, "Coco, what do you want to eat? What are you sitting down to, buddy?" Uh, oh man, 
say Taco Bell. Really? Yeah, I, that's something I get every night, literally. Like, it's just amazing. Taco Bell, that, that'll do it for me. What What's your order at Taco Bell? <laughs> so right now, most of the time, I get anything, I get any one of their the boxes they have. Like, yeah. right now, right now, it's the uh, Nacho Fries Deluxe Box. Ooh, it, comes with, like, it comes with Nacho Fries, uh, a cup of cheese, and then it comes with a Doritos Locos Taco, uh, a Chalupa with chicken, and then a beefy five-layer burrito. Hey, I, I tell you my secret order that I don't get every time. I get a Nachos Belgrande, and I get the nachos on the side where they put that. Uh, and then all they hand you is like a bag of nachos, and then all the cheese and uh, the meat is all mixed together. Ooh, now, I, I it's the nacho bell grandes and get the nachos on the side you know where they put the meat and the cheese on top of it just yeah. get them have them put all that in a bowl and then you sit there and dip your chip out Woo, it's good right, i'm gonna try that for sure I, I, and I, I i do go for a mexican pizza every now and then i like i like that uh i think the messier it gets the more i like it too so um all right music food um is what's your favorite subject in school currently do you have one yeah i'm gonna have to say my favorite subject in school is lunch yeah <laughs> i was just joking i'd say uh, my favorite subject would be uh anatomy and physiology nice nice and that that goes into your kinesiology in the future yeah all right um one more question about school and then we'll, we'll get got to get you some shout outs all the friends and family listening to us i want to ask you a question about school with playing football with playing basketball how do you find time or do you have to just to compartmentalize compartment i can't even say that word how do you find time for your studies do you do you have a certain way of doing it or you just kind of lock yourself in the room every now and then, or what's the easiest way for you to attack what you got to do at home? Either when it comes to things like that, either I'm getting it done in class or at nighttime when I'm at home before I go to sleep. Yeah. Cause I'm not going to lie in between that. It's not really a lot of time with sports and having a job. So yeah, I think I say either in class or at nighttime. Oh, so you work part time too and play sports? Yes, sir. That's all. That's a, you got a busy schedule, young man. Yeah. My daughter is uh, in junior high at Hickson, and she is obsessed on getting her homework done before she gets out of class. And she will, she will, if she gets a break at school, it's it's to do homework. Um, that way, when she comes home, she's kind of free of homework. You know. It feels. I mean, yeah, it feels good when you finish your working class like the feeling like knowing that you won't have to do it at home it kind of feels it's like that's a motivation factor for school to me all right coco um without going into names and you don't have to go into schools recruiting you do you have a school that inside your head right now is kind of your dream school to go to dream school i would say utk okay. but like uh another 
dream or like something that would be an accomplishment for me would to be to get the home the hometown off of like UTC. I would love to have down, and I would like if I was to get UTC, I would definitely go there. Yeah, I have I have season tickets at both UT and UTC. I love them both. I went to UT for a couple of years, and then finished up at UTC. Uh, it's it's a wonderful school, UTC. I love it. I love it, and uh, all the respect in the world. Love the Vols too, but got to respect the hometown. And it, it's something special to play in your hometown, is it not? Yeah, it, it really is. It's like you, you. It's more. It's more like you feel like you're where that's where you're supposed to be, or you feel like you're a part of a a bigger family. Like you know, because it's a lot when you're at home. Most of the time, you're gonna see familiar faces, and it's like it just makes you wanna, it just makes you wanna be a part of that, like be a part of a, a bigger community, but like also feel like a family, you know? Absolutely. On Friday night, um, what does it mean to you to put on that H on the side of the helmet? And you, and I'm just gonna say it the way I I, I think it. When you probably went to Hickson, it weren't very good. And you're around that South Pittsburgh program at one point that's very good. But you've kind of changed the reputation and been involved with your teammates and changing Hickson's reputation. What does it mean now for you to put that helmet on and have that H on the side of the helmet? It really, to put that helmet on, it means business to me, actually. And it means, it means family. It's like family business. I'm just putting it together like that. Like family business, you got to, do it together to get the like the results you want in the end. Like everybody on the team is gonna have the same result, like the same want at the end of the day. Like you want to win that game Friday. You want to have a winning record. You want to you want to make it to the playoffs. And as a team, everyone is gonna have that that like that feeling towards the game. You know. That's that's special, man. Um. Last um, last question, and then we'll wrap it up tonight. And uh, you got to promise me something. When you get ready to commit to a college, you'll come back on and do another podcast, and uh, we'll talk about that future college. You promise me that? I promise you. I got you, man. All right, man. Uh, again, coming back when you get ready, and if that's December, uh, you just text me and say, I'm ready to commit, and we'll get on, and we'll talk about it. I um, What does – the sport of football mean to you at this point in your life and and has the football has football and your coaches been able to um influence you and uh, work as role model in your life um football for me football is really like my life be real like if it wasn't for football i definitely like I wouldn't say I'd be in trouble, trouble, but it's like I definitely have nothing else better to do, and I wouldn't really be focused as much as I am, like in school, if it wasn't for football. Like that's like a huge, a huge part of my life. Absolutely. And like for the coaches, like the coaches that I have, they I know they want the same thing for me that I want for myself. Absolutely. And Coach O, uh, Coach O, even leaving, you said you were really close to him. That's a relationship. Yeah, I, still, I still talk to Coach O. That's my dog. 
Yeah, that's a great relationship to have. Coach O is a great guy. Um, Coach uh, Rivers, Coach O, you've had some good influences. Um, is Was there a junior high coach that influenced you or when you were playing peewee ball, was there somebody that kind of said, hey, Coco, you, you got some talent? I'd say in middle school, I mean, we still talk. It's uh, Coach Finch. He has two boys on our team. And, I mean, he, he's he been there since freshman year. Well, I'm going to say not freshman. He's been there since sophomore year. But, um, yeah, he, he was kind of like the first actual organized coach I had. And, you know, he, he believed in me. He believed I could go play high school and immediately get in, even though it really didn't work out like that. I mean, yeah. Well, y'all had a pretty good – you you said your freshman year. I know you played some, but kind of an experienced tailback in front of you, wasn't it, your freshman year and sophomore year? Yeah, Nike. That's, yeah, Nike, that's my, that's, my, that's my dog. I still talk to him to this day. I, literally, I talk to him every day. Yeah. But him and Devon Maples, they took me in under their wing my freshman year. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember Nike. He was a, he's he was a good athlete, and and you probably learned something. Did he ever make a move and you go, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that move there." Or, he he always told me like Nike always told me. I never like took anything from him, but like he always told me that instead of like doing so much dancing, just get straight to it. Like he used to tell me, just cut up and run. Don't do too much dancing because I used to I used to love like doing a whole lot of juking my freshman year and my sophomore like beginning of my sophomore year but my freshman year which was his senior he told me like just get straight to it yeah yeah and that's the way he ran yeah coco i appreciate your time man it's been a great podcast you are welcome here anytime um you want to give a shout out to anybody in your family friends people you work with who you like to give a shout out to i say shout out to my parents and, you know, my siblings, finish out a few people. Shout out to my girlfriend. She's been there. And my dog, Brandon Burt, he, he was a linebacker last year. But he was he was one of the reasons that I stepped up and did what I had to do for Jason. Because it, it was for him. It was his last year. And that was my, like, my sophomore year was his junior year. That's when I met him. And I just want to say he, he really brought that change to Hickson as well. And for him to only have been there for two years, he did a lot for us, I swear. Yeah. And I, I got nothing but love for him. And I want to thank him for that. But, yeah, that's really all. And Friday night, tell people how important it is for you to look up in them stands and see people up in the stands supporting you. Hey, man, thank y'all. People that's going to be in them stands, I'm, I'm going to look up there. I'm going to turn y'all love this year. And I hope y'all can turn me up as well. Absolutely. And for some belong, I think this community is really behind this football team. And Coco, I think you're going to see full stands that you might not have saw your freshman and sophomore year. Started growing last year, and I think it's going to grow bigger this year. Yes, sir. Coco Kendricks, thank you very much for joining us on River City Media. And like we said, we will talk to you when you decide about your college of choice. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you all for joining us. Like and follow, and join us again on River City Media. A great guest tonight in Coco Kendricks, and I really appreciate his time. Thank you. Go Wildcats, man. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Thank you all. 
and get out and watch the Wildcats play some football this year. Yes, sir.